Welcome to Bluecaster, a crypto talk show with the most exciting guests and an incredible co-host, Konstantin Kogan. Hi everyone, welcome to Bullcaster, a talk show for all crypto bulls. Here we are to discuss the most exciting industry topics with the best industry experts, influencers, and remarkable personalities. I'm Konstantin Kogan, co-founder of Bullperks, and we're excited to welcome a special guest today, Meet Lia Lu. He's a, a director of the platform at Struck Crypto. He leads the value-add services for crypto fund, partner with founders and go-to-marketing strategy, marketing, community PR, other operations. Uh, Liu has significant experience in, in strategy and operations from his time at Cross River, uh, where he worked as chief of staff uh, for the crypto team and as a fractional CEO uh, for early stage startups, where he advised founders across HR, finance, and operations. He started his career at BNY Mellon and on the corporate venture team. And we're really excited to have him here today. Hi, Liu. Hey, Constantine. Really happy to be here. Thank you for joining us. And, you know, we're, as I told you, and when we were preparing, like we're going straight to the point, it's very efficient podcast. So could you tell us a little bit about your journey into VC and into how do you get into crypto? So I'll start from the beginning. I, in 2018, I began going to different events in New York City. So going to different crypto events. I then just really liked this community called Crypto NYC and then began helping them out. This is while I was working my day job at BNY Mellon before I was in the corporate venture team. And so basically, I, um, you know, did an internal transition and joined the corporate venture team at BNY. So that was the team that was looking at fintech and crypto was one of the verticals there. So that's really when I started looking at crypto professionally. I then left to join Cross River. Cross River is a banking as service fintech company in Community Bank where they had a newly formed crypto team. So I was hired to be the chief of staff for that team. Um, and then spent around one year there. Uh, I think part of it was also just um, me sharing my story about the chief of staff role. And um, that's when I was discovered. Um, and the opportunity to join Struck Crypto came to me. And so, you know, I had some experience in VC um, on the fintech side of things at BNY um, doing minority principal investments. And this was the time to just use my experience around strategy and operations on the VC side of things again. And so took that opportunity and, uh, you know, over six months later, this is where I am today. So the rest is history. Now you have a, you crypto, you took a crypto pill. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's to kick off our conversation, right? So you've seen the both worlds, right? You've seen a traditional fi finance world and now you're in the crypto world. So maybe it's, Curious to hear your opinion on and to have like the set the tone of this conversation. Like, what are the main differences between the traditional platforms and you can talk about traditional fintech or VC platforms, focusing like you know on traditional assets and cryptocurrencies. What sets them apart in your opinion? Top three, you know, differentiators. Yeah, um, I think the first way I'll take this question is actually defining platform. So, platform. Um, this is a term that's used within the VC community, and it, it can mean something similar to post-investment. So this is helping out the existing portfolio companies because VC firms, their role is to ultimately generate returns for the investors through investing in different startups. And so the first part is around finding investments. That's what the investment or deal team does. They'll do the diligence and everything to like write that check for the company. The question is like, what happens afterwards? So that's where... Um, portfolio support 
marketing, um, PR for their portfolio companies comes into play. And so that's what platform is in, in my perspective. Uh, in terms of um, TradFi versus um, crypto, so I would say that in general, um, platform is actually something that is becoming more important across the board. So I used to work at BNY Mellon, the team that I was on, they actually now have a head of platform. So they realized that there's a lot of power in working together with your current portfolio companies. Um, there's a lot of synergies that can be done, um, a lot of different partnerships and such. So that's the similarity. I think in terms of crypto, the difference is that um, uh, it, it's just a different culture, um, different needs for the companies as well. By that, I mean one part even is just vendors. So let's say between the Web2 technology stack and Web2 technology stack, even you know every company needs a payroll provider. They need a bank. Um, they need cloud hosting and such. So both Web2 and Web3. But for Web3, um, there's an increased emphasis in terms of something like security, so code auditors, um, custodians, crypto custodians, um, let's say uh, even market makers for tokens. And so because there's all these different dynamics, the, let's say, infrastructure needed to support them across the board, whether it be around vendors, which I mentioned, and experts, uh, people who are familiar with things like tokenomics, let's say, those are different things. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, there's a lot of moving parts in this entire ecosystem, right? And we have people who are speculators who are like uh, piggybacking on the high volatility, which can be very lucrative, but also can be very risky. And we have another side, like uh, partners, as you mentioned, like custodians, market makers, exchanges, you know, all other like participants of this uh game so to speak right as we call crypto now um from the platform perspective right and you gave a very interesting definition to it how do you assess the and manage the these risks right you know, when you evaluate like potential uh, blockchain projects for investments i would say that one of the biggest things is around the coachability of founders and um i won't take credit for this this is something that adam struck our managing partner he says, and he has said in past interviews before, this is something that I looked at while researching the firm. But um, let me tell you how it like actually matters in practice. So my role is in working hand-to-hand -hand with a few select portfolio companies. These are the most recent investments. And so it's really crucial to like build that relationship with the founder to understand what's really going on, um, understanding their perspective, and then also us sharing our perspective with them. Um, like in terms of value add, like one thing that VCs on the platform side and deal side in general, um, they're serving as an advisor. So they're sharing what they've learned from the patterns they've been seeing and providing that perspective to the founder. Sometimes the founder is a first time founder. So maybe like they haven't seen certain things. And so that's why we're able to provide that knowledge. And so Ultimately, it's up to them to decide because it's their company. But we find that founders who are able to take that feedback and incorporate it to be able to really be successful in what they're doing. Now, I will ask you more like a more tricky question, more provocative question, right? So uh, you mentioned flexible founder. Can you define a flexible founder and can you provide an example of like one without obviously naming the company right but one one founder that you consider flexible what are the the traits what are like you know the the like the the practical aspects that you found and one that was not uh flexible and what would what were were the outcomes 
Yeah, that sounds great. So I think one characteristic of someone who is coachable and flexible is the vulnerability and the transparency. And obviously that really takes relationship building to do. Um, VCs who are um, like too standoffish and really just asking about KPIs without building that personal relationship, that's not going to get there. It's really about, uh, you know, it's not just about business. It's also talking about just what the founder is going through and such and really like being an ally rather than being someone who's only just there to push them. So that's just setting the stage. Um, in terms of examples, so I think that's that's basically it. Like the, one of the founders who's been really, really great in this, um, he, he shares everything, um, sharing like what's going well, but also what's not going well, because that's really like the area where the conversation can then become more productive. Um, it's mm -hmm. really talking about what's uncomfortable. Um, so having those difficult challenges. And then so basically on the flip side, it's when there is that lack of transparency, um, the conversations really aren't as productive because, um, you know, if there's no no need to like, uh, if there's nothing that they need help on, then um, we're here to help. And so it's basically, please like leverage us as much as possible. Yeah. So the radical transparency, essentially what you're saying is the most important part, right? Now it has a different, I would say, uh, also angles and side effects, right? You know, so for example, I'll give you a very practical example that we had in our, you know, in our, like one of the portfolio companies, a project founder came and said, listen, guys, I, we're struggling, right? Bear market. We cannot redefine our business model. We are not making money, right? So we're trying to do everything we can, but you know, it's tough, right? So what would you advise? How would you actually go into the, you know, into the nitty gritty and like into the, maybe come back to the basics into the board and draw some hypothesis? Like what would you help? What would you say to the such funder? Um, yeah, so just to make sure I understand the question, you're saying that it's um it's a tough market and then the company is, let's say it's struggling with product market fit? Yes, correct. And yeah. revenue streams. Revenue streams. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think one thing is that, and this is something that we've seen before with portfolio companies, is um, don't don't be afraid to pivot um, if there is something that has high conviction. Um, I think a lot of times, like if if they're struggling um, with the search for product market fit, um, performing like different experiments to like quickly validate what's going on and then like just seeing what really sticks from there and then doubling down on that uh because i think like with early stage companies like they're really at the pre-seed stage seed stage they're um you know they're on the search for product market fit and so if something doesn't work um then like don't hesitate to like try um and pivot yeah that's true i mean i think it's definitely like opportunities to pivot and that's really um it's really ability to redesign yourself even when it's tough um now i'm curious to you know we had some really positive news recently right you know like such as you know like all those bitcoin applications bitcoin etf applications right like blackrock vanek you know fidelity and others like um they're being 
really highly scrutinized and there's high chances that we will see them like actually approved. And also obviously the Ripple legal victory, if you can call it a victory, because it's a partial victory, obviously, if we go go to details. But how how do you think, you know, like those like um positive, I would say bullish news will impact the market in the you know nearest term? Yeah. So I think um in, in terms of this, so it's definitely great news on the institutional side. So having like been in both worlds and the trad buy side of things and even more on the crypto side of things, um, like you know, BNY Mellon was the like largest it is the largest consulting bank in the world. And so like when they released the news of crypto custody, um, I think it was one year or two years ago, that made waves. And so it's definitely a good signal on the institutional side of things. And so a lot of this is really building in the background. I think it will inspire more traditional financial institutions to um, continue building. And so I think that's great on the institutional side of things. On the retail side of things, um, it's interesting. I, I think um, it's definitely positive press as well. Um, after what happened with Three Arrows Capital last year and FTX. So it's like for once there's positive news. Um, on the more like crypto degen side of things, I would say that something like a bitcoin etf and this is just you know me saying my personal opinion here um that that's actually a um that's that's not non-custodial um it's centralized because it's not the actual asset of bitcoin it's being held by an institution and so like people who are strong proponents of decentralization they actually i don't think they'll be happy and so in terms of the market um there's very different audiences and they have these different opinions. So I just shared, you know, one opinion of each of three. Correct. For sure. You're, you're right. You know, there's definitely the, the, I would say people who are like very radical, like you know, the Bitcoin maxi, so to speak, right. You know, they will definitely not be happy because it's more centralization, but people who are like in the middle, who still believe that the next bull run will be led by institutions, you know, billions of dollars will come from them, will obviously appreciate the derivative markets and a bigger diversification. So um, the last question before we jump into the audience, you know, like, and their questions is, I mean, can you share some notable success stories, maybe one, you know, of startups that you receive, receive funding from, from, you know, your firm and maybe some other like significant contributions to the crypto space that was done specifically by Struck. So this one I can't claim credit for again because it was before my time. But um, Struck Crypto was the the only um, pre-seed investor in Mythical Games. So Mythical Games is a um, company that um, releases different games, and so like NFL Rivals, that's one that came out. Um, pretty recently and like surpassed over a million downloads on the um, app store um, for the mobile app. Um, they recently raised a series C round that um, helps the company maintain the unicorn status. So over $1 billion in um, valuation. So um, whatever, everything like Adam, Adam struck our managing partner. Like, he was the one who was on the ground helping John Lennon, the CEO of mythical um, across the board. And so, I mean, I don't know the specifics, but just to share exactly how we do the same formula for companies in general, um, 
it's really um, having those recurring meetings with the portfolio companies to understand what's going on with them. Um, talking across the board, so go to market, doing introductions. So whether it be for um, um, business development or for channel partnerships or for vendors, um, that's everything. Um, PR, so helping them get featured in green publications like Coindesk or TechCrunch. Um, technology, so having a technology operating partner mentor the engineering team or product operating partner mentoring the product team. Um, hiring, so doing our own sourcing. So if they're looking to hire someone, um, we'll be able to actually find candidates, get them interested, and then send them over to the portfolio company to get them um, uh, hired eventually through that interview process. So these are just examples of doing, um, really like rolling up our sleeves to help um, just super, super quickly. Um, one of our most recent portfolio companies, um, it's a first-time founder, so I won't name the exact company, but, you know, first-time founder. And so we guided them on, like, everything across company setup. I think this is where I was able to apply a lot of my operations experience in just how do, as an early-stage founder, how do you actually get your company set up um, uh, on the legal side of things? So being able to connect them with the right lawyer and then talking through equity um, components things like creating an ESOP, um, employee stock option um, pool, um, what mm -hmm. the right um, options exercise window is, all of that. These are like really nitty gritty things that mm -hmm. as investors, we can see have impact to the company. And so we're able to provide our perspective to help the founder with more long-term thinking, to understand the ramifications of their decisions. Because, you know, they might think something's good in the short term, but like, as investors, we're able to see what happens in the long term. And so we're able to provide them that insight. Yes. I think, yeah, the benefit that you have, like bird's eye view, you already have seen many typical mistakes and then you can help just to prevent those mistakes and uh, avoid certain risks, right? So that's a, a huge uh, value add. Um, jumping into the questions from the audience, we uh, like, thank you for sharing your thoughts, obviously. And, you know, we just want to, provide the floor to all the people like from different avenues. We have people from YouTube, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, I see. Um, to Darth Vader, that's uh, from YouTube is asking, in the context of crypto investments, what are the key factors struck crypto considers when evaluating potential projects for funding? Yeah, definitely. So this is um, looking at, I think some of these are pretty standard. So um, competitive analysis, go to market strategy, the team itself, like how strong the team is um what exactly is like their secret sauce and such but one thing i would say is that we do go one step deeper in diligence and so let's say when we, before we write a check we'll actually do code review like we'll speak with the engineers understand their best practices look at the code itself to really see what the product is and such so that's just one thing that's on top of a bunch of the um, standard um, diligence areas that we look at and I have a consecutive question like that. Miami thing from YouTube is asking, as a community member interested in crypto investments, uh, what advice would you give someone looking to explore the opportunities offered by VC platforms like Struck Crypto? Yeah, um, I, I'm gonna, I'll take my stab at this. So I think one way of getting investing experience nowadays is actually joining an investment DAO. So that's, you know, you get experience in the DAO side of things, but then you also get experience um, looking at it from a community perspective and analyzing different companies. 
So, um, you know, this is when they're looking at people to hire. Um, they want people who do have that experience um, uh, on the crypto side of things, being crypto native, and then also in evaluating different companies. So um, that's just a quick way of um, getting involved. Rafael from, from LinkedIn asking, how does Truck Crypto ensure transparency and security for investors and projects utilizing this platform? Yeah, so I would say that, uh, just to clarify, um, platform in this case is actually really like the portfolio support offerings that we provide to our portfolio companies. And so um, I think it's it's definitely like a two-way street. Like in terms of transparency, like we really try our best to just share like the full view about everything for the company um, because uh, we, we want the founder to ultimately make like the most informed decision possible. So it's really like being there um, in yeah. the long term for the company because um, as Adam, again, would say our managing partner, that we treat every investment as a marriage. Like the fund only makes a few investments per year. And so these are high conviction bets in the companies to really be there with them for the long haul. By the way, how many how many investments per year are you making in total? Right now, the goal is around like five or so investments per year. Got it. So it's a very thorough approach. So um, in peace in mind, Levin from Twitter is asking, what ways does Truck Crypto foster collaboration and networking among investors, entrepreneurs within the crypto space? Yeah, so we do a bunch of different things. Um, one is around events. So we hosted a side event, um, 200 plus person networking event at ETH Denver. Um, we also do private dinners occasionally. So we did one um, in New York City recently with around 25 um, other like investors, founders and operators. So a lot of the in-person gatherings, that's been great. Um, we, we have our own podcast as well called Struck Crypto Unleashed that was launched just last month. And so um, around once per month, we'll interview a different founder um, uh, or investor to just really hear their thoughts and then just jam on ideas and such. So the content creation side of things, um, just some examples there. Congrats, by the way, on the launch of podcasts. You know. From, from you. experience, we know how hard it is. So yes. <laughs> um, now, <laughs> Uh, I think there was an int there was a question continuing in continuation to your answer before Nakamoto-san from YouTube is asking. So, what is the minimum amount uh, for the your checks in uh, for in Web three investments? I guess it's like to yeah, the question um, to be LP in a fund, right? To be an LP in the fund itself. Yeah. Um, I would say that the best way is to contact me. Um, to answer that question and then I can answer that individually. Got it. Okay. Um, now, what, uh, Moxie from YouTube is asking, what are the key challenges faced by VC platforms operating in the crypto market and how does Truck Crypto address these challenges? Challenges, definitely, it's a tough market out there right now. And so that's why like, we're just continuing with the process, um, continuing to add value to founders. So the existing portfolio companies, um, really helping them wherever we can. And at the same time, on the investment side of things, um, staying focused as well. So we're continuing, the deal team is continuing to evaluate different deals, um, doing robust diligence and such. Uh, and so it's like the company's not in a rush. Like there's no like, hey, like we have to do these deals and such. It's there has to be high conviction to do the deal. 
Got it. Um, there's a there's a funny question as a 40th anniversary on YouTube. Uh, if we would imagine partnership between Wolfworks and Struck Crypto, how would it uh, how would that be? As two businessmen, please share your hypothetical insights. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, we provide our portfolio companies with access to um, all sorts of different, let's say, um, partners out there. So, I mean, like Bull Perks, it, like part of it is around a launch pad. And so definitely we provide access to our portfolio companies um, around launch pads there. So, um, you know, we, we really like to provide portfolio companies with um, different options as well, just to show what's going on um, and all of that. Yeah. I mean, on my side, I'll just add really briefly, it's definitely the low-hanging fruit is a deal flow exchange, right? Uh, and then we're also same as, uh, you know, as Leo and uh, Adam, like, you know, their team, like we're helping projects very early on with anything they need. So happy to collaborate on this side, like, you know, for, especially if we invest together in a early stage or even or exactly. or if we go on a public round after like the guys invested, like I think both scenarios can work pretty pretty nicely um the darth mall from youtube is asking in the context of DeFi, how does truck crypto contribute to the uh, broader DeFi ecosystem and support the development of innovative DeFi projects yeah so we actually um run nodes occasionally nodes as a service so shardium shardium is one of our portfolio companies it's an indian-based layer one protocol mm -hmm. well actually they're focused on the indian market um we run a node for them um, we ran a node for Algorand um, for a few years already as well. And so um, in general, like we really like to test out um, the products for our portfolio companies. Last example is Soul Wallet. So Soul Wallet is a smart contract wallet. Um, still under development, but like we take a look very closely at what they're doing. Like we'll take a look at their mockups to really like provide feedback. Um, we'll test out their um, test versions and such and give feedback and, as well. So um, like we don't take just a super high level of view. Like we're not really just sitting back and then asking people questions and such. Like we're actually going deep, diving into the product to see what it's actually like and sharing how we can be helpful in improving. And and just for myself, I want to just clarify because I'm not sure everyone here understands how what is running a note. Like maybe you can really briefly share what it is like to actually run a node like yeah so running a node is really um nodes are what powers a blockchain network and so um these can be computers or these can be virtual machines that are processing transactions on the blockchain and so um yeah that, that that's essentially what running a node is um, there's different ways of doing it but it's being an active participant in that blockchain network. Mm -hmm. Born Ready is asking from YouTube, uh, while choosing to work with Web3 partners and decentralized founders, how do you guys evaluate uh, uh, the business side? That really ties back to um, the diligence areas. So looking at the team itself, like how strong is a team? Do they have a unique edge, maybe from their experiences or from their backgrounds, uh, their connections and such? Um, is a team like comprised of the right people as well? Are they missing someone that's crucial? Let's say um, if a team is fully technical, there's no one that's really good at go-to-market, uh, that's that's a big missing puzzle piece that they have to fill. Um, that's all just on the team side of things. 
um, looking at the um, roadmap itself. It's like, are they really building the right features? Like, does that make sense or not? Um, competitors, like how exactly are they sticking out among um, the playing field? Like, why exactly are they the best? Are they the most well-known? Um, do they have the best technology and, and such? So those are just some of the different areas that we evaluate from the business side of things. Yeah, and and definitely, like I'm sure it takes time to evaluate, especially if they're decentralized, different parts of the world, different countries. So do you have the mandate to actually meet them personally? We do, yeah. In, in the um, occasion that it warrants it, um, some, something that we do a lot of times is actually meet um, different founders around conferences. Conferences are a great way to bring together people. Um, otherwise, just meeting people in New York City, because that's where um, I'm based. That's where the team is based. Um, definitely in-person connections help. Um, a lot of it is like, you know, being able to just um, meet someone face-to-face. -face. Um, video is good and such. It's convenient for communication, but face-to-face -face is also helpful. Well, the good news, we're both in New York, so we're definitely, you know, agreed to meet at some point, right? So, but um, besides that, like, you know, uh, to close, you know, this podcast, like, Leo, any suggestions, any inspiration that you can share with people and maybe about the long-term horizon of the industry? Ooh, that, that's a big question. Um, yeah, there's there's so much going on. Like, it, crypto in, it is still early. Like, there, there's still, um, like, in mainstream adoption right the question is like when would that happen potentially just as you mentioned like from the bitcoin etf and such it could it, the next wave could potentially come from um the institutional side of things um so yeah it, there's always exciting developments not just institutional but around gaming um around like more consumer facing use cases with big brands in embracing um crypto and such and so you know, even though the market's difficult right now, people are still building. And I think like that's really what's important. Like it's the people who are in it right now, they're the ones who are committed because they're not here just because of um all the positive press. Like they see something long term and then they're working to get to that future. Hundred percent. And I really appreciate you guys, you know, who are building and you know, obviously as you mentioned, Mythical Games is an amazing example of a portfolio company that you've been early on the early stages supported by, you know, Struck Crypto. And I, I'm sure there might be other like projects like that. I wish you more unicorns. I wish you more successful founders that you will back and you will grow with them together as a firm. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll work together in the future. Thank you so much for your time, Leo. Thank you, everyone uh, who participated with us, um, you know, and we're going to meet right in two weeks at 12 p.m. EST uh, and YouTube live, LinkedIn live, Twitter lives, all possible lives. So thank you so much. Thank you. Good to be on. Stay posted for more episodes from Bookcaster.